Welcome into the I-80 Club National Fun League Week 15. And today it's not going to be a fun pod because... Are we having fun yet? No, we're we're not having fun anymore. Football is bad. Uh, He's Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7 Sports. I'm Josh Peterson. We appreciate everyone for joining us in here for another edition of the podcast. Uh, We have been doing these every few weeks and Shafe, it's been kind of a roller coaster this year in terms of how we're feeling about our teams, how I'm feeling about my team, how you're feeling about quarterback play. It seems like more than ever, you are out, out on quarterback play for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm out on quarterback play in the league in general, I mean, mm. which isn't hard given that, uh, you know, you probably only came into the year where there's about 20 quarterbacks where you're like, okay, this could be fine. Um, but for the most part, it was a... Uh, it was a season in which, like, you've lost all of these different quarterbacks. We now have matchups where it's just backup, you know, Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins. And these are two teams fighting for the playoffs. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, it's just a very weird deal. And I don't uh, – I'm getting way ahead of myself. I jump around too much on this. Uh, no, you're good. But, it's a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally um (laughs) you know so it's a uh it's a deal where they flash up the graphic for the playoff teams and like on both sides you're just kind of like turning your head and squinting a little bit and you're like "Eh, i don't really want to watch that team play and do i really want joe flacco in the playoffs and like or gardner Minshew, or you know you know pick your Pick whoever it is. Like it's yeah. it's tough to get excited uh, about some of these potential playoff teams. But then I have to remind myself, like pretty much, there's no team in the league that I view as unbeatable by anyone. Uh, the 49ers are playing their best football right now at like the perfect time. Yeah. Um, so they're the closest. But otherwise, like there is definitely a real possibility one of these backup led quarterback teams takes out someone like the Eagles or like the Chiefs or like the Lions or, you know, the Cowboys. Or I was going to say, yeah, we might if, as well throw them in there today. And we had this conversation on your actual day job. If, if you were sitting there and you watched Baker Mayfield and the, the Bucks, and I know the Packers defense sucks like I. Trust me, I know full well. But they shut down Patrick Mahomes, and they couldn't stop at all Mike Evans or Godwin of just being open whenever they needed to be open. Yeah, And so it it just seems to me like they just have one of those offenses that they're going to put you in a weird game. And that would be the thing. Like, if you can avoid having to play the Bucs, I think it would be really helpful. For yeah. the uh, for the cause, and not because I think they're going to go win the Super Bowl, but because but they can win a game. game in a one game scenario. Like I bet on the Bucks against the Eagles earlier this year. I also thought the Bucks could hang with the 49ers. They lost both of those games by double digits, but for three and a half quarters or whatever it was, they kind of just hang around. Yep, and um, they make things I, interesting. Yeah, I really my hot take for your for your radio show this week for the NFL segment, the hot take market. Like I yeah. I feel like someone needs to sign Baker Mayfield to a legitimate like three or four year deal. We watched so many quarterbacks play, and again, he's not great, but like I think I'd rather have him than Derek Carr. I'd rather have Derek him than Carr a lot of quarterbacks the, in the pros yeah. right now. You remember if, if Connor Happer was here, he could speak to this. I created the Baker Mayfield scale on the Happer and Schaefer show where we determined RIP. each week, is this said individual better or worse than Baker Mayfield? And like, you know, Gardner Minshew was an example during that time as well. And I was completely out on Baker. Like I yeah. just didn't, I didn't believe it. But now, for whatever reason, I'm like all the way back in because I no longer view him as this like top five NFL draft pick. I just view him as a guy who's competent to play the position. Yeah, and he's been and he's a for total a gamer. And I yes. like it's weird how I went from man, I just find everything about him obnoxious to oh, I kind of like this guy. Yeah, it, it's just like a totally weird thing to to just revisit his career. Like oh. Most of these guys, when they fail with their team like that, they're just out of the league. And he's over here just revitalizing a Bucks team that's kind of fun. Yeah, like I, I've watched a lot of their games this year. A very good friend of mine is a Bucks fan, 
So I just I, I paid a lot of attention to it. They're a fun team. I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be excited about that matchup. Uh, some comments uh, first uh, from uh, Mark. He says, "Do you agree with Brady? Uh, what Brady said about quarterback talent? Did you do you did you see what he said within the last couple of weeks? He basically uh, said the NFL is like down. Like I disagreed with a lot of what he had to say. I mean, I think the talent the talent level I don't think is down at the position. It's just everyone's injured right I don't, now. I don't think that we look at it the right way. I, I mean." mean? So here's here's like a whole collection. I wish I had like two hours to prepare an entire presentation on this because I have a lot of thoughts. But I think we see a lot of very similar offenses run from the same kind of Sean McVay mindset. Yes. That you've now allowed defensive coordinators to find different ways to sort of take that away over the top. Like teams aren't hitting these gargantuan 50, 60 yard deep balls the way they were three years ago. Yes. Passing numbers have been really relegated into smaller windows, a heavy, heavy dosage of similar type plays where you have a quarterback uh, that has three receivers. One receiver is always running a middle in one receiver is running a corner or an out. And one receiver is either running a hitch or a go. And they're just running off of those three route trees. And that takes care of your zone and man coverage And if they get long enough time, they're going to like, that's all that the Bengals and the Vikings were doing to each other. They had the same, you know why it's Zach Taylor versus Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. That's the Sean McVay tree. They were in the same offense against each of their respective defenses. And somehow like neither defense could figure it out, (laughs) you know? So even though it's the same, they're coming from the same playbook at the end. Yeah. You're right. Like you, you look at the coaches and the pros right now. And obviously like, I feel like Shanahan is kind of off on his own, even though he was, you know, he was on that coach, that famed Washington of all coaching staffs. It's so funny that it was Washington that had McVay and had Shanahan. Who else was on? Was that a Mike Shanahan staff? Yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was a Mike Shanahan staff, and those guys were like, and then McDaniel was on that staff too. I didn't want to believe that Jay Gruden had the wherewithal. Lafleur was Lafleur was on that staff. Yeah. yeah, it's it's wild how many. But you're right. I think that that's a great point. Um, is that there is so much similarity just because everyone is coming from the same thing at this point in time. And and it's funny, this is kind of a, a reaction to what you were saying at the beginning of the pod. But Josh writes, NFL desperately needs the Bills to make the playoffs. And that's something that, you know, you and I were talking about it. You filled in for John two times this week on USC. And, and we both talked about that and how you and I are, are huge believers in, in needing Buffalo in the playoffs, because if they're not, it means that there's some combination of like Indian Gardner Minshew or Houston or, or Houston, Cincinnati, you know, I don't think Pittsburgh anymore, but, but essentially a lot of these teams that feel like true kind of muck. And then you have the bills um, and as as I saw certainly firsthand today, like when they are when they do things right, they can be among the best teams in the NFL. Period. Full stop. And it's like not that hard to see it. And so yeah, I mean they they really put themselves in a good spot today. They're still they're still on the outside looking in, but they they do. I don't know if they totally control their own destiny right now, but they have there's a very viable path given yeah. what they have done over the last two weeks, getting uh, two straight victories. I feel like if. This doesn't quite work because so much of the season is marked by teams that have lost a quarterback. But I feel like if you were going to to make the NFL boil down to being represented by one team, I think the Bills season represents the NFL as well as anything as we've ever seen. It starts off with the Aaron Rodgers Achilles game that ends in a punt return for a touchdown to win it. Yep. Uh, it features numerous mind-numbing losses at the end of games yep. where you have to find your way into them just building into the idea that the NFL is constantly entertaining regardless of what type of team is playing or who it's just because these things always come down to the last few plays. And then you have like their, their schedule is unbelievable. I mean, look at all of these teams they've played. The only great team that they're not going to match up with is the 49ers. Yep. Otherwise they've played everyone that matters in the NFL this year. That's like really awesome. It's a great point. Teams. Like even the second level teams, like the Jags and the Bengals, they had to play them both as well. Yeah, and so they haven't played the Ravens, right? And they won't play the Ravens. Is that the other team that they're going to miss? You're right. They did not play the Ravens. So in the end, isn't that interesting? That right now, in terms of standings, they have played all of the teams that you would want to see them against, except for two. 
the 49ers and the Ravens, the one seeds in both of their conferences. And what's hilarious to me is I could make a, a separate argument that the Ravens and the Bills are the same franchise. They have well, this quarterback way? that everyone is just you. Everything sort of revolves the conversation. Everything revolves around whatever they're doing. And they have a uh, oh, wow. Trevor Lawrence, which brutal. is brutal. Holy hell, man. Idiotic. Doug Peterson. Better get that <laughs> restaurant going, bro. Um, you know, they, they just they play in these sort of classic, like inexplicable games. And yet you can't you can't ever walk out of there and be like, well, Baltimore is not a great team. They always look like a great team, but they always are in like the game with the Rams last week. And, you know, last year was a great example where I think they led in almost all of their games and yet lost seven of them. Yeah. Um, and like some of them, big, some of them, big leads too. like, yeah, were they yep. killing the bills at one point in time? Mm-hmm. I believe last year, early in the season. Yeah. yeah. So they're like sort of perfect for each other. So if the, the bills were to be like the seven seed and then you get the bills in Baltimore, like give me the winner of that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you like, know, just, just you, hook me up to that immediately. Dude, you know how like every year we get into the playoff and cultural playoff that is. And like we talk like last year, the reward, the reward for Georgia as the one seed was congrats you get Ohio State you get you get the Death Star recruiting team from up north have fun there are the two seed is going to be so mad if their reward for the two seed is getting Buffalo well like, imagine the, you're the one and you're like oh I gotta buy and then the two just gets taken out by but then Buffalo. you have to play the team that the two played yeah I know you like this is why I feel like every professional sports league should allow the number one seed to determine which team they want to play. <laughs> and then the schedule their is built off of that. Yeah. Because no the, amount, the amount of bulletin board material and like, oh, it'd be so great. And then they like they have to have a press conference to announce who they're going to play and answer <laughs> questions as to the thought process. And this is the next level of entertainment for sports. Yes. This is what we need. A uh, couple comments, real fast. Uh, Riss says uh, Trevor Lawrence is so overrated. Yeah, she is on the uh, she is on the Trevor Lawrence is overrated train. And I mean, look, given his performances, he is he is dangerously close shape to that spot that a quarterback reaches. At, at every quarterback reaches in their career, where people start looking around and saying, "Uh, what kind of wins do you have now? And how much success have you had in the playoffs?" Um, and I how do like, you play so many games where you don't throw touchdown passes yeah. and you're the number one pick and you're a surefire can't miss quarterback, but yeah. you've already had more games without touchdown passes in your career than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Like that's that's absurd. Yeah. I think I made that stat up, but I think it's really close. Yeah. Someone can look that up. Uh, and then you you mentioned entertainment and people getting what they asked for, I think, a couple minutes ago. I, I do want to read this from Jordan because he says, usually don't listen live, but based on the results this weekend, I wanted to li- to live listen. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, Shafe, if, if you're tuning into like the Bill Simmons podcast after a brutal Patriots loss and they spend 13 minutes talking about like the the random seedings or the Buffalo Bills, I think people would be like, Bill, get to the get to the Patriots sucking. So people are here for our team's. Playing horribly, we can start with. I don't Vikings. think anyone wants to hear about the Vikings. Well, we'll we'll talk about them at some point. I did want to read a text that you sent me earlier. You said, um, "I'll save uh, a lot of this for the pod, but you shouldn't be too upset today." Um, I certainly have many thoughts on the game, but I, I wanted to give you the floor for why why I shouldn't be too upset. Though, honestly, I feel like I'm going to agree with you on a lot of things. I am not as upset right now as I was when you first sent that to me. I was in a pretty shitty mood. Um, not not because of you, but As just you should because, be. I mean, it was a yeah, bad yeah. loss. Yeah, it was it was horrible. But why why should I feel not horrible moving forward into into the weekend or into the week rather? Because the the way the schedule just broke out, like to me, the easiest single bet on the entire board for the weekend was Buffalo. Yes, I didn't even care what the number was as soon as Dallas won that game on Sunday. Like. There's a it's a really common betting strategy that you look for that letdown after those types of wins. And I just thought having to go on the road to a place where they just need the win a hell of a lot more. So much. And quite frankly, that Seahawks game has me thinking about Dallas in a different way. Like, I just think they're a team that if you are protecting your quarterback well enough, your quarterback's going to find holes in their the back of that defense. Yes. Like I just think they're they're there. Yep. And, uh, teams that have like legit wide receivers can expose that. Jalen Hurts did not have a good game, but also the Eagles' defense just kind of took them out of that game right away too. The way that Dallas went and scored, and so I just felt like they were going to get a Bills team that has been on a freaking gauntlet 
where they took the, the Eagles to the wire. And if Gabe Davis knew which direction was which, it's a win for the Bills. Um, I thought, you know, the, they let the Chiefs get in it, but I thought they were better than the Chiefs. The, I thought they played much better than the Chiefs last week. Um, so for me, it was like the Cowboys are catching this team that is feeling themselves a little bit. And it just didn't it didn't feel like they were going to lose. Like, I just felt really good. I mean, we did that exercise on Tuesday where we named our top five teams in the NFL and we both picked Buffalo. Yep, we both have them at number five. And so I guess... That has aged very well. That Having them in our top five has oh, aged incredibly well. They're they're really good. Like They're awesome. I feel like people are looking for a reason to give up on them and a reason to believe in Miami. And I don't have... I don't have that in me. Like I, I think if, if on a neutral field, assuming health for Josh Allen and the other quarterback, I like the bills against pretty much everyone, but maybe San Francisco right now. Yeah. And I felt that way most of the year and other people have pointed this out and I don't feel like it was getting the coverage that it deserved. They fired their offensive coordinator and their offense actually was efficient. Like, the efficiency of their offense was better this year than it was last year. Yeah, they the fired results. him. They fired him the day after they lost the Monday night game. When the reason they lost is because they had twelve guys on the field on the right. field goal. It's like total scapegoat scapegoat move. And yet, like the offense, I do think it's actually gotten better. I mean, well, they certainly played better in recent weeks. And I, I feel like this happens every year, sometime around December, as you get those guys where you're like, "Oh, I thought this team was one thing, but actually, they have this entirely other piece now." And that's what James Cook is for the the Bills. Yeah. And you look at these different teams in the AFC, and it's like James Cook is a problem for everybody. Yep. Yeah. And if they commit to actually running him, besides just utilizing his ability in the passing game where he's very dangerous, if they commit to running him and he starts to run on some of these teams, like the Bills more than the previous years seem very comfortable playing in those sort of phone booth style games. You remember what Sensing did to him last year? Yeah. They just beat him up. Like they just went straight at him, ran like right at him, and Buffalo couldn't do it. I feel like they're in a little bit better position for like mental toughness, having gone through this stretch this year. Yeah, uh, they're they're capable of playing that style of football. Yeah, and and man, like the, the I know Josh Allen turns the ball over a lot. Um, I, you know, I, it's funny we we drove to dinner, and and at that point I was so angry that I didn't even watch the game on my phone and on our way over. But I'm pretty sure that he didn't have any turnovers. And so like, that's like this one thing that kind of hangs over everything for me with them is like, at what point do they do, do, you know, do they revert to turnovers at kind of the worst time? But if they don't, that guy, I am just so flabbergasted watching him play the position because there was a, a moment early in the game when it was still very much a game and Dallas is trying to sack him and they just can't, I mean, he's just, he's dragging them like they're little kids and he throws the ball. He throws the ball away. And and I just, I mean, every time I watch it, you and I, we are we are in a total agreement on them. We always have been. I know like Happer disagrees with us on the Bills. Happer disagrees with us so on the Bills. So no retractions are coming. Yeah, and it's just, I, I am, I get it. Like, they're stupid. You know, as, as a fan of a team that really does a lot of dumb shit from time to time, I understand like looking at a team like that and saying, I'm not going to trust you. But I also, I mean, I, especially looking at the AFC right now, and I'm just like, I just don't see that team. I don't see the juggernaut out there. And if the juggernaut's not out there, then this is the most dangerous team because, you know, they, they have been able to do it. They have not gone all the way, but they've gotten pretty close. They played in an AFC championship game a few years ago. And I think what you just said a couple minutes ago about Cook, like to have this random piece you know, show up in this in mid to late December. If you start, if like you said, if they start doing it, oh man, I mean, it's a total game changer. Yeah. I mean, the one thing, and, and somebody mentioned this to me, uh, somebody, I mean, I had some people over watching games today, yeah. uh, but he, we were watching the, the Bills and the Cowboys, and he's a Cowboys fan as well. And he basically, like, if you think about it, the Bills have been playing in a series of one off playoff games for like the last month. Yeah. And Starting like, with the Philadelphia just, game. He, he's like, you know, it's hard to imagine that Dallas could just show up in Buffalo and match their energy no matter what. Like, yeah. it just, it was going to take a Herculean effort to just meet them in the middle there. And, yeah, and then you throw in the, the Eagles game. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. So you come off that and then you throw in, I mean, the first three touchdown drives for Buffalo, there are plays that extend the drive. The first drive should have ended in a field goal, but that was the roughing the, the passer penalty, right? 
Um, the second yep. drive, they force a punt. They rough the punter on yeah. a play that I Jack the punter. You don't see that very often. LeVar Arrington was like, yeah, that's a flag. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that he didn't block it. I mean, it was right there. I know. Great job by the punter to adjust, you know, instead of okay. kind of going right up the middle, he ended up shooting off to the side. And then I'm trying to remember the penalty that was on the next drive. But there was another personal foul. And it's like, I, I have to wonder what happens if any of those go Dallas's way. I mean, their offense obviously didn't have it. Like you said, they, they were unable to match the energy of the Bills today. But those, I mean... You know, you just in the NFL, you you cannot give a team that is that good and that talented those extra opportunities. And it's like that was infuriating because Dallas had a great first drive to start the game. They went right down the field. It didn't end in a touchdown, but I was like, okay, good. Maybe because I thought this game, I thought they were going to lose. I thought the Buffalo would cover. I thought that it was going to be more of a shootout game and that the offense would, you know, go tit for tat. I'm with you on the defense. The defense has been off for about a month now. Um, and and I think that the holes, the, the digs injury, the, the thinness at linebacker, and for all the pressure that they get, they have been unable to get as many sacks this season, which is a huge disappointment. Oh, and the other thing, too, that I forgot to mention, was it the second drive shape or the third where they punch the ball, Diggs fumbles it, but they don't show a replay because Buffalo went right to the line of scrimmage, and I'm like, man, I wonder if McCarthy should be throwing a challenge. And the way... The way in which they talked about it, that Greg Olson mentioned it in the booth, I was like, ah, shit, I bet he fumbled the football. And sure enough, they show the replay, and it's like, God, that is absolutely brutal that you don't challenge that. And so they would have had the ball at the 50-yard line, and I think at the time it was 7-3 or 14-3. So it was very much still a football game, and then they ended up going down the field and scoring a touchdown. That's one of those where I wish there was a system in place where like they they just buzz down and like, we got to take a look at this. Like, I just, you know, like, I, it's hard because you don't want to use your challenge until your guy can let you know that it's safe to do it. Yeah. But it's just. They gave it away, though, man, by by yeah. them hurrying that much. They're, like, see, it's interesting because there would be criticism, right, if McCarthy decides to challenge it just because they're hurrying to the line of scrimmage. You know, like, I feel like there was a difference between that. And the play that I always think of is like the NFC championship game last year when Devontae Smith dropped the football and he got up, but it wasn't like he was like, guys, hurry. He did the signal. He was like, I fumbled. I, f- or I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. And so they all run down the field. Everyone knows that it was a drop, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't challenge it. The bills didn't really do so much of a signal. It was more, let's get up to the line of scrimmage no. just in case. And so in, in those scenarios, I, I, I am, I am, I'm understanding of a coach who doesn't just throw the challenge flag because what if you waste it for no reason just because they hurried to the line of scrimmage? But God, then you see the replay. They punch it out. They, I mean, the Dallas recovered the fumble, and it's like, I mean, talk about a total game changer. And so they just, nah, they didn't, they didn't have it today. It was, it was fairly obvious from pretty much the jump that they didn't have it today. Do you think we're at the point now because it's so hard to make so many of these calls where they need like an extra challenge? Like you should get a challenge per quarter. Are we at that point yet? I like John's idea that challenges should be tied to your timeouts. That as long as you have a timeout, that you could you could throw a challenge. You know, I know some people would be would be worried that you would like have like a million. But I just don't feel like that there are that many challengeable plays in a football. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. It's just it's it's tough because like you you effectively give up a timeout even when they can't come back with a clear answer. Like that's what I hate about it. Like they're basically admitting to you that they don't know the answer, but it's still going to cost you a timeout to be told they don't know the answer. Yeah. They can't confirm the play has actually happened as they've called on the field, but they can deny your ability to, uh, you know, have a timeout there. Like it's, I that's what I always hate about it. Like that's my biggest complaint with the challenge system. So uh, I have a I have a Josh Allen related question for you. I'm very okay. curious how you feel about this. How many quarterbacks in the league, and I know Mahomes is is the one that I'm thinking of, but I don't know that there's anybody else that is on their level of, uh, not even necessarily on their level, but is great at both on schedule and improvising as a quarterback. Because I think if you think about the, the best quarterbacks we've watched throughout our life, they're either amazing at one or they're amazing at the other, but it's rare to be amazing at both. Like mm-hmm. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were incredible on schedule, yes. but it's not like either of them were going to extend the pocket and make these wild arm angle throws. They no. were on schedule. Yeah. They dissected you by being on schedule. Kirk Cousins is incredible on schedule and horrific if he has to improvise. Yeah. And he would be the first to say that. Mahomes and Allen are amazing at both. Is this the next wave of quarterback? Like you have to be able to do both 
to be that good? Or do you think someone can be so good without having to to be both that? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. No, I totally understand what you mean. Now, uh, Skurzo Force says the obvious answer is Rodgers. Yeah, you didn't. Aaron Rodgers, I think, was also incredible. Yeah, he was great at improvising. Yeah. Um, That's a great question. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more current quarterbacks. Yeah. So, so who, who is the... Who is the best on schedule like that does not have mobility right now? Who I is think it? Be, uh, if if we're not talking about guys that are um, are injured, like I think Kirk Cousins is up there, and I mm-hmm. think he is a classic example of why it works with Kevin O'Connell. Because if you build your offense that way, he can run it, and that would be, and you can have success with that. Yes. But if you're asking for him to 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 be innovative, it's yes. not going to work. He's not going to. I do think. It. Sh- I was going to do it. I was going to do it. There was a chut in there. I think Brock Purdy Brock. is very much on schedule, though he, he's had some like. He has some mobility to his yeah. game. But, but he doesn't have what so I know like, what you're describing right now. Yeah. He doesn't have the like Josh right. Allen play break. The play, it, it's so funny. I feel like it's going to get lost to time because of the offsides. But the play that he had last week against the Chiefs, where he was running to the sideline and he's yeah. falling away, I mean, just bonkers. And so I, I understand what you mean. God, he's I, had more throws where I've been like, how in the hell did the ball do that from a physics standpoint? It's ridiculous. Like, there was a, I don't even remember if it was this year or last year, but he had a throw um, where it just felt like it defied physics. Like he mm. somehow fit it between two defenders, even though physically there's no way the ball could fit into that space. I want to say it was earlier this year, and it was like a Sunday night or a Monday night game. It might have even been... It was one where they were struggling to score, too. And he just had this insane throw. And all of Twitter was just beside themselves on this third down throw. I think I know what you're talking about. It was yeah. the it was the against like the Giants, I think. Was he, it the Sunday? He got it in for a Giants? touchdown. Yes, yeah, it was the Giants, Giants on Monday game. night, right? Yeah. That game, yeah. He had an insane throw yeah. in that game. Uh the only other one that I thought of, by the way, uh, How would is, you describe Dak? Dak is on schedule, right? Yeah, Dak is a more on schedule guy. He has some mobility to his game. But, I'm gonna ask you random quarterbacks. You give yeah. me your I like it. I like when he is able to drop back, plant, and throw versus when he is moving. Though I do like his movement. What do you think about Stafford in this in this discussion? Uh, like two years ago, it's probably a more interesting conversation compared to right now. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's I made really some ridiculous this. throws this year. I've, I've never thought of him as like mobile or as no. like extending plays because of that. I think of him more like Ben Roethlisberger, where he's big enough that he can just stand in there. He is bigger than you you think. Yeah. Yeah. He can get like a throw off that has no bit, like with enough mustard on it to get it where it needs to go. Yeah. uh, Despite having the entire like walls closing in on him. Yeah. So he's Um, definitely in the Kirk Cousins, you know, not, not mobile. Brendan brings up just, he's far more mobile than like Cousins, but neither of them are going to like, create by extending a uh yeah by extend like Lamar Jackson is improvised is when he's at his absolute best. Yes. Now a control version of Lamar can also be really successful too, but it's he's he's most dangerous if he's outside the pocket extending the play. Yeah. Brendan brings uh, up Herbert. See he's I don't know. I don't feel like I watch enough Justin Herbert to have like that strong of an opinion one way or the other. He definitely has mobility to his game. I don't know if I would say that he is at his best though when he is when he is moving. I feel like he's at his best when he's just dropping back and bombing the ball down yeah. the field, you know, cuz his arm is just stupid. What's interesting is I think Trevor Lawrence more than like Justin Herbert and you'd think of like comparing them because they played in that playoff game together they're both, you know, bigger guys at but athletic like they you know you think of them as pocket passers but they're athletic i think he's actually better when he gets to sort of improvise stuff than like sitting trevor is yeah i agree i like watching trevor lawrence roll around some of his like best plays are usually when he's having to to navigate that kind of thing and then you have the reverse of it where like russell wilson's career is made because of the improvised stuff but now that he is in like the drew Brees version of the broncos offense he is not particularly effective in that role. No. Or I shouldn't say effective. He can be effective. He's not threatening in the way that you'd need a quarterback to be. Yeah, not to bring up old wounds and because we talked a little bit about this game on Don't the say show. It. Yeah, but that that play that he had against the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, incredible. It, it makes me want to vomit. 
Yeah, when I watch happened, that play probably twice a year just because I'm like, man, that play was wild. And every time I watch it, it's even crazier, I think. Every they, time I watch that it. is the thin line between moving on in the playoffs and losing because your kicker can't make a 27-yard field goal. Yeah. They lose that possession if he doesn't if he doesn't recover that ball, if he doesn't make that play. Yeah. But the game is over. It's all, Yeah, it's done. It doesn't even have to come down to the field goal. Ugh, yeah, sorry. Shit. Didn't mean to bring up. Uh, no, you're good. Bold but- wounds. Who, which other quarterbacks are we have we not discussed yet in this category? That actually deserve being discussed? Yes. Is there anybody else? Like you mentioned Lamar because he was the last one that I was thinking. We yeah. did not mention Hertz. Hertz, um, I don't know. I we need we would need Riss's opinion on it. Yeah. I feel like he can do both, but I don't feel like he does both either one particularly fantastic. Yeah. Like relative to his peers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know what? I, it's funny because I just have a list. The list of golf is clearly in system. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Fields then, is clearly improvisation. Okay. Who is the one? Oh, Burrow. I don't know. Again, another guy where he's able to do. Is it weird if I think that he is like the best quarterback that's pretty good at everything, but not amazing at anything? Yeah, you. I can't tell if you're like cold to to Burrow or if you're just not. Because I remember talking about him during the playoffs last year. Where, you know, we would talk about like the Ravens loss or the, the Ravens losing to the Bengals, their their game against the Bills. And like while you were like giving him respect, it didn't seem like you were all the way in on the, you know, Joe Burrow is the reason why they are making yeah. this far of a run. Well, it drives me nuts when we do the thing where so and so is a good playoff quarterback and so and so is a bad playoff quarterback. Yeah. And we just div- like get rid of all the context. Yeah. Like all of the context. Like the Bengals Super Bowl run was put together through a series of kind of pedestrian quarterback games by Joe Burrow, where he had a couple of nice moments at the very end, which shouldn't be discounted, but also required the Bengals defense to defense was awesome to to be superhuman to do yeah. it. It he's never had a playoff game where he's thrown like four touchdowns and three hundred and forty yards and just was phenomenal. Like he's he's just got a lot of like. 18 for 24 and 12 or 212 yards and two touchdowns and an interception beats Tennessee because Ryan Tannehill loses was his sacked mind. seven times or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Like That's it's the a, point. His defenses have been awesome in, yeah. in his short career in the playoffs. So the, the problem I have with Joe Burrow is like his best trait is this unquantifiable skill. Cause he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the no. fastest. He's not the smartest. He's not going to process better than everybody. Um, but he's just insanely competent to good at everything. But yeah. I don't even know. Like his his best skill is is that people believe in him. Yeah, I think that's a great a, way, a way to describe it. Yeah, like the best thing um, I can say is like I don't feel like if he was my quarterback that he would melt down in a, in a in like a playoff game. Which like that's it. That's a great floor. If if your yeah. floor is he's not. Gonna, but if he doesn't have that ceiling of like. Can he, you know, like Josh Allen, I feel like you and I agree, has a much higher ceiling. Josh Allen's floor is so much lower, though, than Joe Burrow. And so, like, in the playoffs, what do you want? Do you want the variance or do you want the guy that is, like, you're you're right, man. The thing that we like about him the most is that he is a confident player, you know? And we're like, that's that's what I want for my quarterback. You just just trust him. Like, I can't sit here and tell you he's more accurate than – these guys or that his arm is stronger or any of it, but I can also tell you like, okay, Mike, you get a pick between these three options to be the quarterback in a 75 yard has to be a touchdown one minute, 47 second scenario, one timeout, who are you going with? Yeah. And first of all, like that's a 12% chance of winning. It's probably less than 12, but like, that's not an easy situation. Um, but yet I would have, probably more confidence in him than than most and even Josh Allen who I unabashedly just love you know like we it, really it's do super love weird yeah. it's really weird but it's just like there's I don't know I and I I think because I don't talk about him in like a gushing tone of his skills it probably comes off where I don't give him his due enough mm-hmm. and I think Joe Burrow is really good but I also want to see him like I want to see him move into that era of Tom Brady where you're like, oh, this guy manages the Patriots to Super Bowls. And then yeah. it's 2007 Tom Brady, and you're like, oh. <laughs> he's leveled up. This guy's incredible. <laughs> yeah, you know? he's become that guy. Like, uh, I, 
We need to see that, I think, at some point. That's a good point. Uh, another one before we get to some other comments. Uh, Mark writes, Tua. We have not talked about Tua. He is definitely, you want him to be steady, on time. Yeah. You do not. I do not want him moving around a whole lot. And, you know, I mean, when their offense is clicking and when everything is working on time, that offense is, is very, very, very difficult to defend. But yeah. it is obviously has, that offense has been very up and down this year. I, I am super interested to see what happens when they get in the playoffs. Uh, when Riss was in here they earlier. They will lose. Yeah, she said her hot take is that they're not even going to win the division. She thinks. Oh, I don't think, yeah, I mean, I. I think we were talking about that this week. Like Buffalo wins out and Dallas, I think, I think Miami. If, if Dallas, Dallas beats Miami up. last year or next week, rather, and Buffalo wins out, Buffalo is yeah. the division winner. I, I think that, that Dallas is a bad matchup for Miami often or like defensively, even yeah. offensively, they're going to be able to throw with Tyreek Hill. Cause we saw what Geno Smith could do, but the way that they can get pressure and it's like two is going to have to get it out quick. And you just kind of, you try to, to collapse Tyreek Hill as much as you can. Like you're going to force, they're not going to be able to throw bombs or throw like 47 yard post patterns or whatever it is. Hope not. It's, it's going to be a, going to be a great game. I'm excited for that. Uh, Skurzo four says pack fan here. Sorry, Shafe. Love this season is definitely an on schedule guy. Love wants to be an off schedule guy. But he is not an off-schedule guy. He he is he is doing a cosplay of Aaron Rodgers right now, and sometimes it works. But man, I feel like he he just he looks like he is trying to do an impression of Aaron Rodgers in how he throws and how he rolls out, and it's just like sometimes it's a disaster. I have another hot take for you here. Okay, I think similar to Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love will find a solid career in the NFL, but probably not with the team that drafted him. Mm. Like I. I I don't know what the Packers plan is because obviously they're in this weird territory where um, you're not going to be super close to a top end draft pick. But if they were to lose out, I mean, they only have six wins. You'd be six and 11. Mm-hmm. You'd be right there in probably 11, 12 territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're ready to reset or not. And they have veterans, but and Packers fans can disagree. But I don't think that's a roster that's really set to do much of anything. I mean, you've got some interesting young weapons. Yeah. Um, you figure out the running game. Maybe you can you can continue to just the path that you're on. But is your belief if if you're a Packers fan or if you're just a believer in this franchise moving forward under Jordan Love, it's it's a bet on Lafleur, right? Yeah, is that I what you're betting be. on? Yeah, I I think it's he a is bet. like that that coach that that was able to deliver what three straight thirteen win seasons to start his career. Like that's what you're hoping for. Right. The weirdest thing about Jordan Love being drafted by the Packers is he wasn't, I mean, I think everybody kind of knew he's a fringe first round guy at best. And so to me, it's the bet that you would be making is that if we go back into the quarterback market, we could do worse, but we could also do a lot better. Yep. And I just don't think they're the kind of team like, if you put Jordan Love on the Bengals, I think the Bengals are going to be a playoff team, but Jake Browning is doing that. Yeah. So if Jake Browning and Jordan Love are a similar type of player, you see what I'm getting at? Like yeah, basically, just, like are you are you arguing like it it's it's feasible to move on because of his yeah. His, yeah. I, I don't think you have to to be overly concerned that you're gonna look back and he's gonna turn into like the this next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But there's a decent chance that he could be like the number twenty one quarterback for a nice Three year stretch, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Like that sounds, really dude. Bad. There is, so, and it's fun that uh, you know. I love that you and I do this pod together because I, I think that Dak and Kirk are very similar in a ton of ways, and I think that that you and I have had a lot of honest and open conversations about how we feel about having that level of quarterback. Because while you you want more and you hope for more and you want them to deliver, there is also like it's nice knowing that like my floor can be very high competency cannot be overrated. I don't think in, in the NFL, given what we see with some of these franchises chasing and chasing and chasing um, what, what makes the Packers so interesting, of course, though, is that they are coming off this 30 year stretch with two hall of famers. And so like, it's, it's easy for, you know, for some franchises to want to move on or to stay, stay put for them. Like they find themselves in just this this crazy spot because they they don't want to be okay with this. You know, I I one of my best friends is a Packers fan. He is not in a good place right now. He's like, I don't I don't like this. I don't like 
being at this level of, of a football team. And it's like, Welcome, sorry, man. Buddy. This, yeah, it's like, this is what it is. And he goes, I know, but I don't like that. And so I, I you know, what, what, so what is it like for that organization when you have a lot of fans who are saying the exact same thing as he is? I would be really curious if there's like, if the concern would be more so that you'd be admitting that the pick was wrong all along. Or if the concern is if you just don't go forward with Jordan Love, you might be really missing out on something. Because I, I don't know. I don't know which one of those I'd rather be wrong on, I guess. Yeah. I'd rather, would, be, I'd rather be wrong on, on staying with him and he turns not, he's just not the guy versus, I mean, the scariest thing that you can have happen is yeah. you, you're out on a guy and then he goes and he turns into a great player somewhere else. Like that would be, I mean, I just, it's horrible. It's a horrible the, thought process. The thing that's hard for me though is like, what do we think the best version of that is of him? Yeah. I mean, yeah, see, I'm not, I, I'm not a believer in him being like this. I think right. he can be fine. I like, I like him more right now than I did on August 17th. So I'll say that, but I, I don't really know if I totally like his tool set. Um, is, is the best version of him, the guy that was across the field today, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is. I'm and trying to he's think he's on of, his, He's on his third team, third team. team. Yeah. four team, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. As you right. said, near the beginning of the pod, like Got done talking about how much I like Baker Mayfield now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about reframing your perspective of what that player is. Yeah. It's just how, yeah. How are you viewing this guy? What are yeah. you hoping for from him? And what do you genuinely think can happen? Because if it's higher than that, then, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Um, You know, we haven't, I don't know. You said you don't want to talk too much about the Vikings. Right, so we we can talk about the Vikings. No, I mean, we don't have to. I, I, I did want to read this from Josh because I know that we, it seems like you disagree with it a little bit. He says, just feel like we're all headed towards the San Francisco Super Bowl victory. Like you obviously think that they're the best team. You rank them number one in your power rankings, but you are you are not in the this is their season, crown them. You know this is all a death march to San Francisco winning it all. Why is that? I gotta see them. I just I have to see them go and go wire to wire with it. Like I just don't know that they're gonna do that. Is it trust um, in Shanahan or trust in Purdy that you think Purdy, you're more concerned? About? Uh, yeah. A little bit that, a little bit still wondering, like, what version of defense are you going to see? Are you going to see the one that just got shredded in the month of October? Um, again, by P.J. Walker, Kirk Cousins, and Joe Burrow. Are you going to see the defense that, you know, people regard as, like, this elite unit, which I don't even know if that's what they are. I mean, they play in some strange games sometimes. So They do. I, I also feel like, unlike – What's their schedule? Who have they, they, they played, they played the Eagles. They played the Cowboys. They played the Vikings. So they got, um, they played the Saints. I'm guessing who won the South last year. The Bucks. Uh, they played the, the Bucks. Bucks. They played the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of playoff teams that they have beaten this year, and I guess I should look at, I should pull up the current. Who is the right crossover now. NFC West? And they had the, so they had the, uh, they had the AFC North, um, and they have the NFC East. So that's how they played both the Cowboys and the Eagles. They obviously took care of business in both of those. In the AFC North games, they lost to Cincinnati, as you mentioned. They lost to Cleveland, um, but they beat Pittsburgh, and they will play Baltimore on Christmas night. Um, they still have another that's a game. with a game, wow. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, they have another game against the Rams. That's their Week 18. Um, uh, in terms of fringe playoff teams, they have beaten Seattle twice by a combined like 30 i think yep. um and i know seattle looks like they're going to be very unlikely to make the play yes correct yeah so they're they're fringe but barely um so yeah i mean they've they've beaten the 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 two oh and jacksonville thank you josh they beat jacksonville yep. by 31 they killed them and that was their that was their get right game as they they've, so like, they've got wins i mean the cowboys eagles jags um yeah i just don't know i'm not ready to just crown them i yeah. just don't i don't believe it um you know, and not to to make anyone else sad by bringing volleyball into this, but you can look like the best for all year and oh, just man. have an off night too. It's a one night sport. Yeah, um, I am. I am really interested to see what happens if 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 a team can get to Purdy just a little bit, you know, in a playoff game, you yeah. know, and what and what that looks like. Like last year, I thought the Eagles were going to win the NFC Championship game, but I I do feel. I mean, we were certainly robbed a better football game or what could have been a better or more interesting game, given that he got hurt so early. And so I just, I want to see what that looks like. They are, they are, you know, right now they are on their way towards a one seed. They either need to win out and they'll get it, or they need 
uh, Philadelphia to slip up in one of their final four games, and they have Seattle, the Giants twice, and they have Arizona. And I, I feel like Arizona is a pretty frisky, frisky team. Josh asks, who's winning at San Francisco? So, I mean, that 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 is what we it comes talked to. about that. I thought I that was the best home field advantage in probably the league. Like they're probably I don't know. It's because when the Vikings have had to play there, I just feel like it never goes well. I don't know what yeah. it is, but I always regard that as a house of horrors. So that's yep. true. I mean, well, and the other thing, too, man, is, you know, if like the Eagles, they desperately need like a week off, right? Like Jalen Hurts, it would do him and that team wonder Lane Johnson. You give him another week of rest like it would do them a lot of good. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with Dallas. I don't know what what the Zach Martin uh, news is in terms of his injury. Micah got a little banged up today as well. So um, that like I feel like getting the one seed like home field is tight. But man, just getting that week off is so freaking valuable um, for for these teams. So it's interesting. It's like San Francisco, obviously, they'll take it. But is there a part of them that's like, man, we are freaking rolling right now. Like a week off. Does it does it hurt them? You know, whatsoever. Um, but I mean, if they're if they're fully healthy, I I just I am hard pressed to believe in one of these NFC teams doing it. But I'm also saying that coming off of you know a really bad Cowboys performance, the, the Eagles have lost two games in a row and they've gotten blown out in both of them. And while the Lions can, so be they're fun, having their months of October now instead of earlier. Yeah, the, way the 49ers did. Yeah, and then the Lions are the Lions. You know, their offense is kick ass sometimes, but their defense is bad, and I just don't I just don't buy it. So did, you know it's. Uh, before we, before I talk about the Vikings and how terrible Nick Mullins is, yeah, uh, did the Lions win on Saturday night change anything for you? No, I think they are. I I think that they are a much better home team. I think for sure. I feel very confident in saying, you know, I mean, it helps them that your Vikings lost, that the Packers lost, and that what now they're one win away, I believe, from locking. Yeah, I think they're. I I had held out hope that Minnesota would be able to to challenge them, but yeah. I don't see any way for anyone yeah. other than the Lions to win that division. So, so I, I I still think that that my best case for them is is winning a playoff game and making it to the divisional round. You know, like I feel like that is a uh, would be a wild success and I don't think that they should apologize for anything and I don't care if it comes against the Packers or the Saints or the Falcons or the like I don't Vikings. give a shit, you know. Yeah, Vikings like Rams, they shouldn't apologize. Um but I think it will. I think it has turned into a season that if they win the division, which they will, if they if they lose in the first round, I would say that that would be a disappointment. But if they can win a play, I think they can win a playoff game. I, you know, my my final take before you talk about the Vikings and we say goodnight. Um, I don't think that the team that plays the Rams in round one is going to be happy to play the Rams. I think that they are a. I I like the Rams. I think that they're a good team. Um, or good. I think they are the best of the wild card. You know the the six and and below wildcard teams, I think by far. Um, I was I, trying to talk myself into the Packers maybe being that team, but I think it's easily the Rams right now. Here's what what's going to be amazing. They play the Saints this weekend. Like, that's basically a knockout game. Yes. I think they play them on Thursday. And so, You're right. It is a Thursday game. And the Saints are a similar kind of team where I don't really like either of these teams, to be honest. I just, in part, because I just don't think week to week you can trust that they're going to be consistent anything like that's how you get to be seven and seven for the most sure. part. oh yeah for sure and um i i honestly feel like this is people are going to come in on it maybe the game is in the game is in new orleans the game this weekend i believe you're right i'll look real yeah, fast. i think it's in new orleans thursday night yes no no it's in la okay uh like would you make the rams more than a slight favorite here Oh, guess the line, Shafe. I'll open it up. What do you think? Yeah, favorite, I don't do think they're favored by. I, I don't want to steal anyone else's bit. I really don't. <laughs> but I, it just doesn't feel like they could be more than just a slight favorite. Four points. Wow. Rams minus four. I don't know. I mean, I also thought the Giants like in the pick them. I feel like Shafe's going with New Orleans, maybe with the. Plus. I, with the plus four. I felt like the Giants were going to be a problem for the Saints, so it's really hard for me to to then turn around and be like, okay, well, you know, now the the Rams are going to struggle with the the Saints too. But yeah, I don't know. I four four seems like a big number there too. But mm. the Rams are coming off a good performance and a loss to the Ravens, a win over the Commanders, who I still think might be the worst team in the league, They're or bad. the least competitive team moving forward. Yeah, phrase it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like wow. the Rams' offense. I like the Rams' offense a lot. I like healthy Cooper Cup 
returning to being like one of the scariest guys in the league. And, and oh, by the way, Nakua. yeah, they have Cooper cup light on the other side. Yeah. They're playing so, really well on offense. Yeah, they're going to be a pain. They're going to be a pain in the ass for whether they're, the, they play the two, three seed or the three seed. Yeah. That, that team is not going to be happy. I think to, to play them. All It'd right. be funnier to me. If it somehow was like the, the Rams are the seven and then either you, you get through this gauntlet and you beat the uh, the Eagles, you win the division, and then yeah, awaiting for you is a two seven matchup against this Rams team. Yeah, where Sean McVay just, on the other sideline yeah. and Matt Stafford. That sounds like oh no. man, yeah, no, that's uh, I might I might be rooting for this now mentally. Uh, thank you, thank you, Shafe. Thank. Well, you. it's good television, Josh. I don't yeah, know what we, you want from me. We, hey, it's content is what it is, Shafe. You love thinking about the <laughs> I don't NFL care about content. the content. I want to just consume. Yeah, it's good uh, consumption, right. Prime. Speaking about uh, NFL content, before we do say goodbye, uh, a few words that and you don't have to talk about them for too long. But my God, the Vikings—that was a—that was a bummer. That was a real button. You—you had that. I think it was a tweet about things you would rather do than watch Nick Mullins play, or was that a text that you sent to me? I can't remember. No, I, I had a I had a tweet where it was like Kirk Cousins' experience is greater, greater than, than slamming yeah. your head against the wall, which yes, is greater yes. than. The uh, the Nick Mullins experience, which yeah. is greater than getting hit by a bus. Yes. Which is still greater than the Donovan McNabb experience. Yes. You were not a fan of the Donovan McNabb. Uh, of, uh, the Vikings. worst quarterback the Vikings have ever had. I forget real quick. Did you guys have Josh Freeman? It was worse. Oh, than, yeah. And it was worse than the Josh Freeman era. Jo- Josh Freeman like was signed off the street and Josh forced Freeman. into starting a game four days later. Was with, that a Monday night game? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I don't put any of it on him. That Josh was Freeman. mismanagement all the way. Yeah. through and through. So I'm Bad not going to I'm not going to disparage Josh Freeman. Okay. Um for for that, but I'm going to disparage throwing an interception to a defensive tackle that is laying on the ground. That was bad. An inch away from you. Yeah. Uh, you know. That was bad. I'm going to disparage that. I'm going to basically just disparage the Vikings second half game plan even though they scored points like mm. I just I don't know. Every time I want to be like, yeah, Kevin O'Connell he, he deserves to be mentioned among the better coaches in the league. He's won 20 games in the last two years. Not a lot of guys can match that number. And uh, then you just see just stupid coaching through and through. So yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's my biggest frustration is with myself, really. Like, why do I allow myself to to care so much when you know that there's going to be no parade for you at the end of the season? They're not going to win the Super Bowl. But Beyond that, like, like, why do I need them to make the playoffs so damn bad? Why am I allowing myself to just get emotionally invested in a game that is, you know, uh, 17 to three, it should be over, right? But it's not. That's sports. That's why they play. And yet I'm just like furious all of yesterday afternoon. Eventually got over it. And then football was back today. It didn't help. The game sucked last night. And all I could think of is like, cool. My team played in the exciting game and I got the excruciating painful loss. <laughs> and everybody that I talked to would be like, man, Mike, I really thought the Vikings were going to win. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hey, me too. I, yeah. You know, same. and like shape, like the, maybe the best wide receiver play of the whole season happened oh, against man. your team. And now we're going to see that highlight all year long. Yeah. All year. Look, it, was an incredible catch. Yes. And just an atrocious defensive play. So Bad. horrible. I think you texted me immediately. Like, how does nobody intercept that ball or whatever I, it was? I just, I don't, I don't understand. And mm. it's not the first, like, it's not the first time they've had five or six jump balls thrown on them this year. Like they lost that game to the chiefs where Patrick Mahomes on like third and forever, just, chucks it up and Justin Justin Watson. I didn't even want to give him a full first name. I wanted to call him Jut Watson. You know, like just combine it all into like one word there for some reason. Judson. But he, that Cortland Sutton in the back of the end zone to lose to the Broncos. You know, like you the T Higgins one, obviously. Like this has happened so many times and it's just infuriating. Like is is no one are you not working on these sort of drills and practice? What is happening here? But, I, and the other thing is like, you allow yourself like, Oh wow. The Vikings defense has only allowed 37 points in their last three full football games. Clearly with a 17 to three lead. And then, you know, a 24 to 17 lead or whatever the number needs to be like, Oh, this team can get, they can get it done. 
No, they just don't. I tweeted about it with the Raiders. Like they took the lead late in that game. It's like, I didn't believe at all that they were going to get a stop. I didn't believe they were going to get a stop at the beginning of overtime. I definitely didn't believe they were going to get a stop after you couldn't get four fin inches. Why? Because they didn't get a stop any of the times that would have won the game effectively for them to do it. It's uh, just the worst way to watch football. Yeah. You're excited. You think your team is good and all the results are to the contrary, but not to the contrary by so far that you're like, well, maybe my team isn't good. Maybe everyone else is wrong. That's how I have to be my entire fucking life <laughs> with football right now. Well, maybe Nebraska's not really five and seven. No, they're five and seven. <laughs> they're not the luckiest three win or unluckiest three win program ever in 2021. They lose games because that's what they do. And that's what the Vikings do. Uh, and that's your rant. I'm sorry you had to wait 50 some minutes for it. Hey. I'm sorry I swore. I'm not. I'll really put the explicit though. tag on the pod. It's okay. Can, can I say something about swearing? Yeah. I watched this game at a buddy's house. He has two kids. His wife had to go out of town last second. So he's watching both kids. We're watching the game. Uh-oh. I didn't swear once Whoa. on Saturday. Wow. I watched this game with kids that were six and three, was able to watch the full game in a comprehensive manner. Still got to be the fun friend who the kids don't even really know who he is, but by the end of it, they just want to like tell you everything about their life. Yes. And never swore. Like this wow. is one Shout of the greatest accomplishments I've ever had. Wow. This sounds like parent corner. We're just copying their yeah. whole damn podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Friend friend of friends just with kids all corner. It. Just yeah. welcome everyone in and then end end the podcast. That's oh, what it should be. That it is funny how kids love just doing that. Like, hey, let me tell you about something random. And they're I'm like, okay. I guess I'll, that happened to us tonight. We went out to dinner with her family and uh, one of her nephews was telling me he's a, he's big into cards now. And so he was like, uh, at one point he asked, who, who are the best blockers in NBA history? And so this kid knows that he's like, Bill Russell, he's probably up there, right? Dikembe Mutombo. Like this kid's just naming all these players. And I'm like, we're talking about, and meanwhile, the Cowboys game is still on. And I'm like, this sucks. I want to die right now. And this kid's just so happy because he's like, look, I got a holographic LeBron card. Like, oh, yeah. that That's great because that kid's going to grow up to be Bill Simmons and in the middle of an interview with Malcolm Gladwell start asking about obscure stat questions uh, from Barry Bonds. Like if Barry Bonds had, you know, 200 strikeouts in a row, he would still be hitting – XXX. This yeah. kid is definitely going to grow up to be us. I'm so. excited for that. Good yeah. for him. Because that Shout was probably to- me at that kid's age. Oh, 100%. Completely I said that to my dad. the entire situation and assuming this grown person wanted to talk to me. Yeah, I I'm said that sure to my parents. I, I said, this is exactly how I was as a kid. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Skurs fan 04 follows up on after your rant. He says, Packers fan, Vikings fan, handshake me. So there <laughs> no. you go. Full circle. We're All nothing right. alike. I hate it. Uh, so Shafe and I will be back in three weeks for the week 18 pod. Now, what, what is very interesting about week 18 is we have been in communication Shafe to watch week 18 games together. Are you reading our text on the air? No, I'm not reading our text on the air. Uh, but we have talked about doing that. So maybe an in-person recording, uh, or we'll figure it out though, but we'll be doing a week 18 pod and then, uh, we'll be doing the playoffs. We don't, I don't know what our schedule will be during the playoffs. If we're going to do like a Sunday every week, but we'll figure it out, uh, or whatever. So, uh, I, Shafe, you have anything uh, to plug? Your, the stuff's happening these days. We, I, I, I'm sorry if someone hopped in here hoping for some recruiting news. We're an hour mm-hmm. in. We have not mentioned recruiting one time. Do you have any? Do you want to calm the masses at all? Do you want? Do you want to have anything no. for anybody? No, not okay. interested in that. Okay, but people uh, can yeah. subscribe to Husker 24/7 yeah. Sports. It is not my job to keep them calm. It is my job to make 100% crystal ball predictions <laughs> and whip them into a frenzy. Mm. Let's fucking go. It's time. <laughs> Get fired up. Nebraska's getting everybody. If you've heard of them, they're getting them. Oh. 100% crystal ball everywhere. Hell yeah. The now, crystal ball it, boys. Uh, you know, I think it should be a uh, entertaining next few days, but if you... If you have paid even slight attention at all, you should know where this thing is headed. Unless, you know, it's another Monday of next week and the entire world gets blown up and we start back over. And here we are. Now we we have a pathway. All the right. pathway is Dylan Rayola as a quarterback at Nebraska. And they add a few other players to, to finish out this class. And that's your that's your path. But I'm only setting it at 37 percent. 
All right, I'm going to name this podcast. Mike Schaefer says Dylan Raiola coming to Nebraska. <laughs> Guarantee we get way more listens that way. Yeah. Oh, we definitely would. Uh, Brendan, very kind, says the playoff pregame show was dope last year. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you very much. Oh, we man. hope we hope that you feel that these shows have also been dope. It's been uh, very fun, even on days like today when the Cowboys lose and I'm in a horrifically shitty mood. I still look forward to hopping on and talking NFL with my dear friend Mike Schaefer of Husker 24 National Fun League, baby. National we Fun are League. Fun. We well, kind of. Uh, this is the week 15 edition. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we will be back in three weeks. Of course, uh, subscribe or tell your friends. I think this is always paywalled. So tell your friends to subscribe. Patreon.com slash ID Club. And go subscribe to Husker 24-7 Sports. You also get a subscription to Paramount Plus. By the way, Confess Fletch starring John Hamm. Highly recommend watching it. It is available on Paramount Plus, which you would get if you are a subscriber to 24-7 Sports. Shafe, uh, good luck to you this week. It will be a busy one for you. I look forward to our uh, many conversations moving forward about the uh, National Football League. All right. Appreciate it. All right. See you later, everybody.